0: Such a fine sunny day was the last thing 21-year-old resistance fighter Sophia Scholl said before being executed in Munich after a Nazi show trial in 1943. It's also the name of a new song cycle by New Zealand composer Alan Griffiths, who imagines how Sophie, a member of the student-led White Rose group, might have reacted to today's world. Performing the premiere of the song cycle is internationally in demand Kiwi-based baritone Paul Whelan, accompanied by pianists Anno Maxovma and Nicholas Young. Alan explains why Sophia's last words resonate so strongly with him.
1: The thing which comes to mind with this story, and many artists have written songs dedicated to Sophie Scholl and The White Rose, is that their themes they wrote about are universal and are just as relevant as it was back then in the 1940s as it is now. And you would think that back then, under a horrible dictatorship of Nazism, that would be easier for people now to speak out. And I think that's where their courage does inspire people to do speak out.
0: How did you come across his story?
1: Last year, I was very frightened that something catastrophic was going to happen this year. I didn't know what it was, but I knew something very bad was going to happen. And I found comfort in the letters of the White Rose, what they were saying back then. The the comfort I found was from their courage. And I, I thought to myself, I can't really do much about what's happening internationally, but what I can do is I've got this time to write. The more I read their letters, the more the words came to me for this piece of music I wanted to write. So it became symbiotic. Their feelings of betrayal by obviously the Nazi regime, their anger and overwhelming feelings of loss from so many young men dying in Stalingrad and other battlefields, and the complete contempt they had for their leadership, which was Hitler. The music does explore rage and anger, but it also has other feelings it moves through. It moves through the yearning for solace and ultimately, really, really aching for peace and protecting one's loved ones. That's universal themes which apply to now in some parts of the world.
0: Paul, when Ellen talked to you about this, what drew you into the story?
2: Well, I tend to start with the music and I looked at the music and thought this will suit me and it looks beautiful and good to sing and it looks well composed and good music. I've been... uh, interpreting the story ever since. You know, I began the process of learning it and trying to find connection with the words, and <clears throat> I'm still engaged with that. But I'm learning more about Sophie Scholl and protest generally and, um, yeah, trying to sort of bring in some of the the way we all feel about wanting things to be not the way they are into this story of this, this woman who, who actually died for that.
0: Did you know of his story before? No, Ronald I didn't know about no. it, and i
2: have been learning. and uh, for people who don't know, like, like I didn't, I think Greta Thunberg could be an interesting example, someone who is prepared to stick their neck out and say this is wrong, the modern equivalent, and, and maybe the freedom writers and, and the civil rights movement in the States.
0: Musically then, Alan, given all of these big emotions that you're, you've been talking about, you and Paul, how have you approached the music? Is it stripped back? Is it intense? How would you describe it?
1: Well, it's an internal and external journey. It starts off with someone observing Sophie. It's how they see what Sophie and her brother and a good friend Christopher, what they had to go through in the show trials leading up to their execution. And it was how they observed these people, especially, especially Sophie's stoicism and her backbone. The song weaves out of the external observation of Sophie into her internal monologue, and they kind of weave together, and it also brings out the story of what they were going through. They really believed, even during when they, they were going through this horrible trial, they believed the Berlin and the Munich stu- students at the universities were going to rise up against the Nazi regime. because things were so horrible then. This is back in 43. So Nazi Germany still had a couple of years to go. So I, I think of it more as an echo from back then, and I'm sure if Sophie was alive here and now, she wouldn't be idly sitting by. She would be out there shouting, raging at what is happening. I'm hoping this song, in a way inspires people to do the same because I want people to go through some emotional journeys so this observer and Sophie is doing. It's not all sad. There are some parts in it which I try to imply nurturing, a feeling of home, a feeling of wanting to protect one's loved ones and ultimately a feeling of this is who I am and please don't forget my message and the message of a white rose. They said some incredible things back then. They mocked Hitler as a first-class private, and it was his responsibility that over 300,000 young German men in the prime of their life, their youth, were just decimated in Stalingrad. And the most horrendous conditions, This this dictator had supreme rule over this juggernaut he had constructed. So In the world today we have several juggernauts and the one which comes to mind is climate change. And there are many people around the world who are bravely standing up and uh, I'm so proud being a New Zealander. We have such a long, strong tradition of standing up and doing amazing things, being world leaders. And that's what excites me about putting this concert on here in Christchurch.
0: Paul, for you, opera is often seen as as pure escapism and spectacle. There are such deep messages in this. Is this the kind of contemporary opera that you particularly enjoy? I mean, it will be entertaining and beautiful and, and escapist and all those things, but at its heart it has such a contemporary message.
2: Yeah, I always look for a modern resonance in everything I do to something that I can relate to of the emotional center of something like why I should care about it. And it's very easy to find a lot of things in this to care about dramatically. And also it's just a very appealing sounding piece of music. It's, it's not weird. It's uh, rather tuneful and, and nice and quite nice to listen to. Yeah, so, there's still
0: that thing, isn't there, for a lot of people. If they hear you know, contemporary classical music, they think, yeah. oh, OK, it's going to be atonal and it's going to really test me. Um, yeah. Alan's a beautiful composer, so I, I can see that. But is he testing you in some in some ways? Is this a challenging piece for you?
2: Uh, n- not in the way that you're describing of contemporary. The words I use for that are plinky-plonk or squeaky-gate music. And this, is, <laughs> this is neither plinky-plonk nor squeaky-gate. This is uh, lovely, rich harmony and a sort of normal time structure so, no, it's not testing in the way of being atonal and strange. Um, of course, everything always has its challenges. You know, vocally, there's some long lines, and at, at one point there's two pianos going like thunder, and I've got to be heard there, but that'll, that'll be fine. <laughs> yes, I saw that
0: described um, as a dramatic piano duet, and I thought, wow, there we go. It sounds really exciting, actually. Well,
2: we're talking about war in Europe. You know, you need a, you need a bit of thunder. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very appealing, and it's got a lot of different colours, of course, um, going from the reflection on the fact that it's a nice sunny day and and thinking of all the things that she's going to lose. I mean, I think probably many people like me don't know much about her, so it's maybe worth reporting that uh, she was involved in distributing some leaflets which were questioning the authorities, and there was a show trial uh, where they were just a complete sham of a trial. And so it was about not giving up their principles and just Quietly sticking to the guns and saying we don 't support this
0: that dramatic piano duet I just mentioned Alan that sounds like it 's absolutely full on and is that what as Paul was saying, is that representing the war? you know you need to get these i mean the piano is so so gorgeous you 've got two of them going hammer and tongs it 's going to be yes. very dramatic
1: well it is there 's thankfully enough space between Paul singing and when the pianos arc up to really explore the deep depth of the piano. I was inspired by the sounds used in Saving Private Ryan. There's this end battle in a town and the sound of the panzer tanks. It's very carnal and visceral. You hear this crunching of gears and metal against concrete. You can hear this from quite a distance. And I was thinking, how can I, in a way, bring uh, an animal kind of sound to this piece that you wouldn't otherwise hear? In a classical concert but still within uh, the tradition of harmonic language which audiences are used to so I want people to feel it in the pit of their stomach and the rage from Paul will reach them on a level which I'm, I'm very excited about and I, I know we can do this because it's written for the worst part of the war and the climax of the White Rose with their last letter just calling out Hitler for who he really was so I, I feel the climax does it justice, I've done nothing like this before and I'm very very happy to be doing this with Paul and the other pianists
0: One of the other things that came to mind actually when I was thinking about this was the um, Russian invasion of Ukraine mm. you know what I mean, that, that kind of hangs behind us at the moment too, the injustices, it's kind of all there isn't it?
2: Totally yeah and the words are parallel leave us alone why are you doing this you know it's just the question hangs over the piece like just give us a give us a break in better words than that and it applies today of course of course
0: paul how has how have the last couple of years been for you just before we came to where you mentioned that you've been in in new york but well, we know that for live performance particularly for singing i think in many ways during the, the the darkest COVID lockdown period, it's been incredibly difficult for you. How are things looking for you now?
2: Um, well, I had a very fortunate pandemic because I came back to New Zealand, so I've actually had a pretty good two years. But um, I've gone back to New York, and yeah, things are quiet overseas. And I've got friends and colleagues who've, you know, there was everything dried up completely for two years, and some of them have moved on to different professions. You know, it's it's a definite different time in the in the world. But uh, I personally had a very good two years because I was here. And I'm back doing various ensembles and, and you know, other other things. But uh, I would say the industry is slowly picking back up over there.
0: And Alan, for you, of course, based in uh, Melbourne, as you say, back here at the moment, you've been able to compose during yes. lockdown. But this, this work is going to also come onto your next album. What, coming out next year?
1: Yes, that's right. I've uh, self produced my albums so far. It was such a wonderful time to be able to write. The album explores themes of dislocation to finding new community. And it's actually dedicated to my grandmother, Irina Glanz. She was from Jemish in Ukraine. And she managed to get a scholarship to study in France in the 1920s and found uh, her future husband and moved to England. And most of her family. Perished in the Holocaust in Ukraine. So there's a strong element running through the various pieces, which explores being forced out of one situation and then finding the best out of a new situation. The musicians I have involved are, are very polished. We have uh, Nicholas Young from Australia. He's uh, quite a virtuoso pianist.
0: Paul, the difference between a live concert and recording in the studio. Do you do you approach them in any way? Differently
2: uh I've done a fair bit of each. I mean the preparation's the same to just try to prepare everything as well as possible, but the experience of recording is' a lot more chasing perfection and aware that everything is you know for all time, so you just you go over things and try to get the perfect take, but of course, that's counterproductive if you if you do it too much, you have to get it in the first three takes, otherwise it starts to be like you' you're just repeating yourself, it's an art. And it generally will benefit greatly the live performance because we'll have gone so deep into the piece and every moment of it that when we come two days later to do a live performance, there'll be all those details in our brains. But each feeds into each other. The more live performance, the better the recording, and the more recording, the better the live performance. Just the, the more detail and the more the, the more times you live it, the more rewarding art generally is, I find
0: Alan Griffiths and Paul Whelan, such a fine sunny day premieres at the piano in Christchurch on September the 17th.